to the Unapologetic Experience. I am your host, Jarius, the Unapologetic Geek, and today's show is completely loaded. I'm going to have a good friend of mine, AD, come in uh, from the Off Topic Podcast, uh, which I also co-host, and he's also the co-creator of the Black's Excellence and Ignorance um, Facebook page. And so he'll be in to talk to me a little bit about those uh, movies that we mentioned a couple episodes ago, the uh, top movies that we were looking forward to watching in 2019. Uh, I also get into some NFL talk, but first, I just got done watching the video by uh, Marvin Gaye III, and yeah, he's the third in line of that Marvin Gaye, the great Marvin Gaye. And it's a song saying, I can't uh, take my eyes off of you. And it's circulating on Facebook. And I came on here ready to talk about anything but this. But this song is so abysmal and disrespectful. I had to say something about it. I, I mean, this guy, this guy, he's trash. He's flat out trash. Like, this is one of the worst songs I've seen, one of the worst videos I've seen in 2019. And there have been a lot of abysmal videos in 2019, but this is terrible. Go to YouTube, type in Marvin Gaye III, and uh, look for I Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. It should pop up. It is absolute trash. It'll be your laugh of the day. Like, if you're having a bad day or if you're having an awesome day, watch that bullshit, and it's either going to really piss you off or it's really going to make you laugh. It is awful. Like, he's going around the city, uh, going to these clubs and shit, and like this restaurant. It looks like an upscale restaurant, and he's flirting creepily and staring creepily at all of these different women, man. And they're all white women, which, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Love who you love, but for some reason, it adds to how bad it is. But at the same time, I'm thankful that he didn't put any of my sisters in the odd position of looking at him and his creepy-ass flirting. It is terrible. It is terrible. It is awful. Go watch it. Be entertained. Be informed, and most importantly, be blessed. But let's move on from that. Let's put that behind us. Let's just let's just, just turn this episode into something positive for like three seconds because I got a lot of negative shit to say about the NFL action on this past Sunday. Uh, so let's start with the injuries. There were some huge injuries this past Sunday. Injuries that had uh, serious implications for a lot of different football teams. And the first one I'm going to talk about is Big Ben going down in the game against the Seahawks. Uh, It was a non-contact injury. He just dropped back and he tried to throw a pass and his arm just looked like he gave out. And I mean, yeah, the injuries where someone gets hit and you can see exactly where someone gets hit, those are always gruesome. Those are always hard to watch. And, you know, it's it's just you have an indication of how somebody's season is going to go just based on what you see. But I've always said that non-contact injuries, those are really scary. Those are usually career-threatening. Like, if you see a guy jogging on the sidelines and then he he just falls on the ground and collapses, you know it's an ACL almost immediately. But when I saw Big Ben try and, and throw that pass and his arm, I mean, he just held his arm and kind of cradled it a little bit. And he was calling to the sideline like, hey, I got to go. It, it just, 
I knew what was up. What I didn't expect was for the season, for the injury to be a season-ending injury. And if you listen to the podcast where I gave my NFL predictions on the culture of sports, I already didn't have the Steelers in the playoffs. I had seen enough. When I saw the Patriots go out there and completely embarrass them and Big Ben get exposed without Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown to bail his ass out, I knew they had no chance. But at least they had a puncher's chance with Big Ben in the game. With him out of it, oh, it's a wrap. Like, Rudolph can come in and he could be a completely efficient or sufficient quarterback, but I don't see them without Big Ben being better than the Baltimore Ravens and definitely not better than um, the Cleveland Browns. And I don't have any kind of faith in the Cleveland Browns either. I just think they're a bunch of uh, talented chest thumpers. But they can't handle that team. They can't handle that team. They probably can barely handle the Cincinnati Bengals at this point. Unless Rudolph comes in and shows his ass and goes completely off, their season is over. It's done. And um, just transitioning from that to another season, team season that might be completely over, the New Orleans Saints were dealt a devastating blow when uh, Drew Brees on a pass attempt uh, hands collided with the god of war known as uh, Aaron Donald and he tore his uh, ligament in his throwing uh, hand more specifically the thumb there's a video where after the injury occurred uh, Drew Brees tries to grip a ball and he immediately drops it that is terrifying now they're saying uh, with the thumb surgery he's expected to be back within six weeks I hope he makes a speedy recovery. I've always liked Drew Brees. But looking at their schedule, I don't think uh, Hill or Teddy Bridgewater can keep that team afloat in his absence. Um, their, their division isn't as tough with how garbage the, uh, the Carolina Panthers are playing and how inconsequential the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look. Their defense, I mean, their division isn't that bad. But then you look at the Atlanta Falcons, who are very inconsistent but can be opportunistic, which is weird. You look at them and you're like, okay, they should be able to win that division. They're basically being spotted six games to build the lead over the Saints. And that's assuming the Saints only wins, what, like three of those six games that Drew is going to be out. Um I'm not completely ready to write them off and just throw them away, but it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. Uh, and with that being said, man, let's let's talk about some games. Let's talk about some of the games so we can start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, losing uh, 28-26 to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, they tried to hang in there without being Roethlisberger, but it essentially just didn't matter. And to be honest, with Big Ben still in the game, I still had them losing to the Seahawks just based on what I saw. Uh, Russell Wilson and that offense, they continue to, to put things together. Uh, it's interesting seeing how they're progressing from week to week. And I'm just looking forward to seeing um, where they end up just from an offensive efficiency standpoint by the end of the year. Uh, the New England Patriots went down and kicked Miami's ass. The Dolphins look like dogs. 
They look like they're ready to be put to sleep. They're just laying down for anybody right now. And I don't think the players are the ones that are tanking. I think the uh, front office and the organization put this team in a position to where they could not compete. Uh, it's unfair to the players that are there. but And it's unfair to the fans, honestly. Uh, but it's all about getting to them from Alabama. It has to be all about getting to them, and they're going to tank. They may even go 0-16, to be honest with you. Uh, and the Patriots just put up 43 points with ease. It was Antonio Brown's first game as a Patriot and maybe only game just depending on uh, how the uh, sexual assault um, lawsuit comes down and if criminal charges are filed. Uh, we don't know if Antonio Brown is going to play the entire year. Uh, but if that was the only glimpse that we got of him, my God, if he plays the entire year, the Patriots could be looking at, what, 15-1, 16-0, something around that area, and they definitely look like the front runners to win the Super Bowl. But let's go to the team that is the reason why Bill Belichick decided to take a chance on uh, Antonio Brown in the first place. The Kansas City Chiefs still look amazing. Pat Mahomes, he had a slow start. They allowed the Oakland Raiders to get out uh, 10-0, and that was the last time the Oakland Raiders scored. Pat Mahomes, Showtime Mahomes, he just ripped off a 28-10 run on that team. And yes, I'm saying run like an NBA player because, like I said, he is the NFL's equivalent to Steph Curry, to me. He can get off at any time. He throws passes that look impossible. He makes receivers in that game. You never know who his number one receiver is going to be. Uh, in week one, it was Sammy Watkins. In week two, it was somebody else. But he's hitting targets consistently. I think he's going to win the MVP award again. He looks amazing. And the Chiefs look like look like a almost a shoe-in for the Super Bowl if it wasn't for... Um, the Patriots' big move to get Antonio Brown and that amazing defense, I would have the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. On the culture sports uh, where I made my NFL picks, I said it was going to be the Patriots and the Cowboys, but only because of the Antonio Brown acquisition because that gives them an answer offensively to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but before then, I had Kansas City going against the Cowboys in the end. Speaking of MVPs and MVP candidates, let's talk about one that nobody probably considered as an MVP candidate to start the year. Uh, but he, to me, has emerged as a viable candidate, and that's Lamar Jackson over in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson looked amazing on the field. Uh, he is, I believe, the first running back to uh, throw for 250 yards. I believe he ran for another, like, 150 or something to that effect. Uh, 120, I'm sorry. So he's the first running back in history to get over 100, um, to get 120 yards and over 250 passing yards in the same game. Uh, He didn't have an interception. The team looked exceptional. Uh, Mark Ingram looks... Like, he has a second a second win out there, so their team is well-constructed. Um, a lot of people aren't quite buying into them. 
I'm still not sure, but with ben, Big Ben going down and the Browns looking a little bit inconsistent coming out, I give Baltimore a great chance of winning their division, just straight up. Uh, the 49ers take down the Cincinnati Bengals in uh, astounding fashion. Jimmy Garoppolo went out. He played an excellent game. The only reason I don't believe in the Niners at this point, to be honest with you, is because I'm not sure Jimmy Garoppolo is good to play beyond, really, 12 games. I'm not sure he's doable enough to make it through an entire year, let alone make a run in the playoff and possibly a Super Bowl. Uh, but the 49ers, like I said, they look good. They beat the Bengals 41-17. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers had a pretty good game. Um, but the – I'm not going to even say a pretty good game. This score is not indicative of how the game went. Uh, Green Bay seized control early, and they maintained it throughout the length of the game. Uh, they gave up, again, 16 points, but it really wasn't as close as the score indicated. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, like I said last episode, he finally has a defense, and he is basking in that defense right now. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, they look like a viable contender for the first time, like legitimately for the first time in a while because of their defense. And I will just see how their season progresses. Uh, in the game that gave me... My laugh of the week, uh, the Houston Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars is a very intense game. It's why uh, the Houston uh, Texans, Texans, their offensive line is why I didn't play Deshaun Watson in this game. Because Jacksonville's defense is incredible. It has been for the last couple of years. Even when they look suspect, they put it forward a, a great defensive effort. Well, uh, the coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Doug Malone, he decided to try and go for two. And Jalen Ramsey absolutely lost his mind. Like, why are you doing it? Sending it all the time and, and let's get it done that way. But he tried to go for two. They missed. It was a terrible call uh, trying to get Leonard Fournette to just run it in. Like, no, that's, that's not the call you make for a two-point conversion. Uh, especially when your running games just look decent at best all day. Uh, but, no, that, that wasn't the call to make. Jalen Ramsey knew it. And once the the clock hit zeroes, uh, the report came out not long after that Jalen Ramsey is requesting a trade from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are willing to accommodate him with that trade. So, it's a lot of shit brewing in Jacksonville, uh, but I'm seeing some backlash and some people come out. I think Steve Young came out and said it, it can't be like the NBA where you got people just wanting to leave teams. But on the contrary, I respect that. I don't play the game just to get paid. Or, or I understand people not just playing the game just to get paid. They want to back up the shit they talk. And Jalen Ramsey talks a lot of shit, so of course he wants to be a champion too. It makes perfect sense for him to want to go to a contender. If the Patriots get him, yeah, it pretty much looks like the NBA at that point. I, I can't deny that. The Buffalo Bills, a surprising 2-0 team, uh, took down the New York Giants 28-14. And it's sad and pathetic because the New York Giants essentially only have Saquon Barkley. He's out there by himself. I mean, yeah, even Ingram... It's, it's putting up some um, 
some stats too. Like he's he's getting catches and he's trying to help out as best he can. But it's just Saquon or bust. And the Giants have fallen to 0-2. They look pathetic, and one would think that they were tanking for a quarterback if they didn't already draft a quarterback in a controversial pick from uh, the Duke Blue Devils in Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones has been named as the starter going forward for the New York Giants, and it ends the, uh, or may be the end of the pathetic career that belongs to Eli Manning, who everybody who knows me knows I can't stand Eli Manning. Eli Manning is incredibly overrated. He's incredibly inconsistent, and he is astoundingly mediocre. The one stat that stands out to me for his career, like I was surprised that he threw for 56,000 yards uh, for his career so far, but the one that really stands out to me is the uh, one. 116 and 116 record. Like, that is the definition of mediocrity. And maybe they sat him because if he lost another game and then they sat him after that, he may never win another game and he'd end with a losing record for his career. Who knows? But I do know the New York Giants have done everything they could to protect Eli Manning and it's time to let that sleeping dog lie. Get him the fuck out of here. I am happy that he's gone. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts get a hard-fought win against the Tennessee Titans, which is indicative of how bad the Miami Dolphins looked last week. The Tennessee Titans put up all those points against the Miami Dolphins, and they can only muster up 17 against the Indianapolis Colts. And I just wonder how this Colts team would look if they had Andrew Luck out there. This probably would have been the best team that Andrew Luck has had since he you know, would have been in the league. But he retired, and it's one of those things that we'll just never know. Uh, so let's talk about one half of my Super Bowl pick, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they triumphed over the Redskins, 31-21. They got off to a slow start, deck through an uh, interception, and then he showed a little bit of that MVP form that he showed in week one. Uh, deck, they got to pay him. He's going to be the $100 million man. It's just a matter of of when they present him with the contract and he signs that dotted line. He's going to get paid. That is their guy for the future going forward. Dak Prescott is a key part of this offense. Um, He, Zeke, and Amari Cooper, in my mind, all need each other. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys, I think, like I said, are going to march through to the Super Bowl. I'm not happy about that. I mean, it pains me to say that, but going off what I see, they look like the complete package right now. And they look like that play style will do just fine when January rolls around, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Getting back to the Saints. Saints lost to the Rams 27-9, but if you look at the... um, at Facebook and looked at your timelines or you looked at the outcry of the fans, you would have thought that they would have lost on a bad call in the fourth quarter in a game that was a three-point game or something like that. They lost 27-9 and people, Saints fans, are talking about one blown call and saying it was a big momentum shift and all that kind of stuff. Look, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it at this point. The Saints aren't a target. Nobody wants to. It's not a situation where the NFL doesn't want to see them succeed or anything like that. I mean, yeah, it was a tough break, but you got to get over it. 
And the only person to me that was emotionally able to move forward in this situation was Drew Brees, and he's down. If something else happens to that team, it's going to be catastrophic, and they're going to be getting an early draft pick next year. I'm just being honest with you. Get over yourselves. Uh, My Los Angeles Chargers, they fell to the Detroit Lions 13-10. I'm not going to talk about that. Oh, we're going to move right on. Yep, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I am not talking about that bullshit right there. Uh, the Chicago Bears won pathetically against the Denver Broncos. And they're just sad. It's sad that that incredible defense is going to go to waste because Mitch Trubisky can barely move the ball. It's, it's sad. It's disgusting. It's pathetic. I'm going to move on. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and the Atlanta Falcons, they had a snoozer. And it's not going to sound that because of the score I'm going to give, but the Atlanta Falcons won against Philadelphia Eagles 24-20. Carson Wentz for a long time looked like boo-boo out there. He looked like straight boo-boo. Julio Jones was the bright spot of this game. He had an incredible game. Um... I mean, Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan. He's just all right at this point to me. Uh, But the Falcons, again, like I said earlier, they should win this division uh, running away, especially with uh, the New Orleans Saints not having Drew Brees. Uh, Next up, the Carolina Panthers lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night football, uh, 20-14. Jameis Winston outplayed Cam Newton. Let's stop and take that in for a second. Jameis, let's eat this W, Winston. Beat Cam Newton, straight up. And I'm looking at Cam. Cam is grossly overthrowing and underthrowing his receivers. He's clearly hurt. He is. But at the same time, I'm not sure they wouldn't have blown this game if Cam was healthy. Like that's where I met with Cam. Now, his fashion and the clothes he wears, it just is what it is. I don't care about that. But it got to be hard to dress like that after coming off an L against an inferior quarterback like Jameis Winston. Like, it's, it's awful. But anyway, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they ain't going to do shit anyway. They're just going to fold to the uh, Atlanta Falcons and the, the New Orleans Saints like they always do. And lastly, the Cleveland Browns got their first win of the season, uh, 23-3 on the New York Jets. The New York Jets have a decent defense, but they have nothing on offense outside of Le'Veon Bell. Like, they have no receivers, no number one receivers. Um, And also, Sam Darnold was out. He was out with Mono, which is a juvenile-ass disease to get in the first place, but he was out. Uh, He didn't get to play. And... They had no answer. They had nothing on offense. It just, it just looked abysmal. And they may be the only thing that could, um, that could, depending on how Sam Darnold plays for the rest of the year, that could make the Miami Dolphins a little nervous about buying for the number one pick against them. But, yeah, the, the, the Jets were terrible. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. had an, an excellent game. But Baker Mayfield surprisingly didn't have that great of a game out there. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think the league has kind of caught up with him. Uh, but he just, 
again, you think with all that chest thumping, man, he was out here looking like, you know, MVP candidate or something like that. So, but the Browns, you know, they didn't completely lay egg out there. But their next few games, or their next few games going to be hell. I, I mean, it's entirely possible that they could lose the next five games just to be just completely real with you. I mean, the next five games coming up, they got the Rams, the Ravens, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. And then after the bye, they have the um, the New England Patriots. That sound like that sound like oh and five to me. Straight up. That sounds like oh and five to me unless Jimmy Garoppolo finally gets his shit knocked off and he misses that game against them, that sounds like oh and five. Uh, but he said we'll see. We will see. That is it for the NFL portion of the show. Uh, right after this message, you'll hear uh, my good friend AD. Will, he'll come in. We'll talk about some movies. Uh, we'll talk about, yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll talk about some movies, some great action movies, the movies that surprised us this year, the movies that we really enjoyed. And there might be a Dragon Ball movie. It gets talked about so definitely stick around for that so keep it locked on the unapologetic experience i'll be right back welcome back to the unapologetic experience i'm still here kicking it and i've brought some help uh, joining me now is AD from the Off Topic Podcast, which you can find on SoundCloud on the Black Excellence and Ignorance uh, Podcast channel. I always plug it on the episodes, but here's a, a, a person from that podcast that I actually co-host myself. And um, he actually joined me a couple episodes back. We're talking about what it the, do, what uh, it do, yeah. Talking about the what did we talk about? Shit, the most anticipated movies for 2019. Yeah, we started yeah. talking about that, and then we kind of just rolled into some more. We started just shitting on Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we got the huge. So we're we gonna see where this discussion takes us. But I did want to revisit that uh, 2019 list because shit, all these movies have come out. From what I can tell, except for like a couple that we brought up. So uh, just to recap. My list was The Lion King, uh, Avengers Endgame, Godzilla King of the Monsters, It Chapter 2, and Spider-Man Far From Home. And what was your list? Uh, my number one was Endgame. Number two, Lion King. Uh, number three was John Wick. Number four, Star Wars. Number five, The Joker. Okay. So, so I say them all except, you know, number five. Yeah, yeah. I'm not but you know what's funny about number five? That's the one that people have the most to say about that haven't seen it, right? I ain't even seen it yet, bro. Which <laughs> was crazy. You know, I did like a little test study in that group about it. Uh, just to kind of see, you know, I just put out a meme that said uh, the Joker has more cultural impact than any other Marvel movie. Which is so. Right. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I hadn't fucking seen it. And nobody's seen it. And they just everybody just start arguing with like how can you argue when you haven't even seen the movie? And when I when I made my comment, I was just like, oh, I mean, it'd be disingenuous to just completely dismiss Black Panther. I wasn't even gonna argue about the Joker part because that, that's crazy. But for somebody to even say that Marvel doesn't have any cultural impact, that's crazy. 
to me, and that's what I was stuck on. But when I saw people basically review the movie without seeing it, <laughs> right? They reviewing it off a trailer, man. It's crazy. Or other reviews. You basically yeah. review based on what like Twitter reaction. That's why I asked that one guy. I was like, "How was it?" <laughs> like, well, you know, I hadn't seen it yet. Right. I, mean, I could just tell. And that's crazy. Oh, they try to push it back on you, like, well, you tell me how it was. No, motherfucker, we in the same box. Nigga, I never said I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too when you argue with somebody on the internet and then they ask you the same thing you asked them. And I'm like, motherfucker, I didn't say that in the first place. Well, I, never, they, I never, people insinuate shit based on something I post. That I've never even seen. Yeah, I've seen that crazy. many times. That's how conversations go in real life. Like you, like people just assume you feel a certain way based on how you feel about something else. Like they never get, they never just ask you for clarity. That starts right. like a bunch of arguments is based on just what pe- how people assume you feel about something, not how you actually feel about it. And uh, as long as we've both been on the internet, I, I, if one day we just need to do a huge case study. Which is kind of what off topic is. <laughs> Man, I do it all the time. Bro. Yeah. I, mean, just, I put something out and never give an opinion. And people will just assume that, that you know, I agree or disagree or whatever with it. I never said anything. <laughs> right. And then they get mad and they start cussing and then you get blocked or, or some shit like that. Dude. You know, that's how you know you won. But anyway. Right, right, right. Getting back, <laughs> back uh, to what we were talking about, man. Let's kick it off talking about Lion King. We talked about it uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, and we got really in-depth. Like, my my wife listened to a little bit of it, and she started laughing at how much we knew about actual wildlife and lies and shit. Right, right. We Uh, went into, like, yeah, you know, when you have a darker man, that's Yeah, yeah, man. How do you know that? (laughs) Man, uh, after I listened back to it, I was like, God damn, man, I used to watch a lot of National Geographic growing up. Which says a lot about National Geographic because, it, come on, man. Back in the day when we were kids, we weren't watching that shit. Like, that just shows you where we are in terms of our age or whatever. Like, right. we watch it National Geographic and know about it and, like, listen to it. <laughs> Which, by the way, I said this a couple episodes ago when I was talking about um, the the would-be real-life Infinity Gauntlet that's going to be Disney+. Plus. I didn't know they had National Geographic on that motherfucker. Oh really? Yes, National Geographic. They is do. Be they do. Yes, that's right. I didn't. Even, I, I I was surprised that Disney, like Disney, owns everything, bro. Dude, that's that's like, crazy. I know. I would argue with a guy today. Like X, Disney doesn't own X Men. Yes, yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> they do, bro. They do. They own everything. That's my big but thing, it, man. The fact that the Fox uh, Afternoon um, Marvel shows are going to be on Disney Plus. Man, you know what the thing is, bro. Like. People think that like Disney bought Fox because of like the X Men, the Marvel properties, which was probably the least thing they were worried about. Oh yeah! Like out of all the stuff that Fox has, like they don't care about. I mean, not saying they don't care about it, but they have a deeper catalog of stuff that they could use that they can make more money off of than like those Marvel X Men. You know, especially with their streaming service, like because. I think they said The Simpsons or something is going to eventually be on it or something. If if I'm not mistaken, it's going to launch with The Simpsons all those seasons. See, that's. And I'm yes. saying, I like I like the Simpsons, bro. So I mean, I'm gonna watch it. That's and, uh, crazy. I'm right now. I'm in the midst of figuring out what I'm gonna binge watch first. Man, dark cleaned up. And oh, I, the Mandalorian first. See, by far. Said, well, here's yeah. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be up there. Cause after I saw it, and you know, I'm not even the biggest Star Wars guy. I'm just a sealed Jedi guy. But after okay, I saw the preview for the Mandalorian, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that. <laughs> like, yeah, I just no doubt. 
it looks like a movie, which is is absurd. But um, as far as binge watching like old cartoons, I'm stuck between the '90s X Men cartoon and Gargoyles. Oh, I forgot about that. Gargoyles is classic, man. But you know, I got all the X Men cartoons though. Like I I got them already, which kind of sucks. Like I got every season already. Oh yeah, that's right. We talked about that. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, get. Getting it doesn't do anything for me. Like Gargoyles is something totally different. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I want man. that. It's well, it's back to the Lion King, bro. We all off topic, man. Nah, this is just why the show is named with his name, man. <laughs> but yeah, all right, so yeah, on the Lion King. Um, overall, man, and we've talked about it several times since it dropped. It, it just didn't capture the magic of the first one. Um, yeah. And I guess given the art style that they went with, it made sense for them to go with a more realistic uh, tone and more realistic adaptation of, you know, life in the jungle for a lion, essentially. Uh, So that made sense. But at the same time, it's like they could have done something. I just don't know what that something is. I think the problem with it, man, was the lack of emotions, man. And I guess (laughs) I never even thought about that because... right. The thing about the Lion King the cartoon was like when Mufasa died, the way it hit us so hard was because you could see Simba's sadness. Exactly. You know, and you could see Mufasa's fear when he knew he was about to, you know, get uh, murdered, man. You know, you just like when they did the dark over his eyes, the eyes feel like there was this dark shadow. Right. It's like, and he, you could sit in his eye like, damn, I'm going to die. And how could you? And he threw him like it. You just had a more emotional impact. Whereas now you got a line, you can't tell if he's happy. He said, like, the emotions, the facial expressions are the same no matter what. They are there. Put, right. I couldn't get into it. Like, Mufasa's death did nothing for me. Like, it didn't. Same here. That's what shocked me the most. And that's kind of when I was I was out on the movie, yep. I believe. That was, that's why I was like, oh. And then, you know, some people like the. So let me say this. My favorite scene in, in Lion King, I think I said on, the, on my other pod, is. The remember who you are, right? Mufasa files scene, and I just did not like what they did with it. It was not good. I didn't, and it just the speech was different. And some people like the, the speech on that better than they did. No, the original you know, speech is, is yeah. beautiful, bro. I, the, the the original was like, and maybe it's because I heard it first, maybe nostalgia, but you know, you know it it's you something forgot, you, you forgotten who you are. Every time I watch the original. That line where he says, uh, you've forgotten who you are and so have forgotten, so forgotten. me, yes. it get me every time, bro. Right, and they had the music playing. Right. Just, oh, man, it was just so epic. And, man, James Earl Jones killed that. And then he sounded older. He did. But, you know, you could tell, he, and it wasn't as powerful and as iconic as it was back in the 90s. And it's not James. I mean, you get old, there's nothing you can do about it. Which, you know, kind of makes me think what they're going to do when they get the star Vader, they like. I don't know how you could re, redo I, it. I, I don't know what you. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to do with it either. But another thing is, a, a lot of people gave Beyonce uh, an appropriate amount of flack. Yeah, she was awful, dude. She right, awful. right. But at the same time, I feel like Donald Glover mailing it in got a pass because yeah. everybody was so focused on what Beyonce did or didn't do. Beyonce is an easy target when it comes to acting because she's a big name. Right, and she's so good at everything else. This is right. just something she's not good at. Like, she's not a good actor. And I'm not saying she can't ever be, but right now, she's like, she's the Channing Tatum of acting back when he first started. Jeez. I don't know if you remember, he was 
<laughs> I do. Yeah, he was terrible. Now, to his credit, he's much better now. Like he's like he's much better. He didn't know. do anything for me as an actor until uh, Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, he's fantastic. He played, he played to his strengths, and I don't know what Beyonce's strength could be. I don't. I mean, some people like because even in Dreamgirls when she was playing a musician, it was awful. Like it's just she's awful. Yeah. Her voice is so distinctive too, man. It's like you can just. I don't know. Like, I, I didn't think that anybody could act. I really did until I started seeing musicians act. Hell yeah, yeah. It's and not shout out to right? Right. Who's <laughs> who's not only a, a good actor? And I've seen earlier episodes of Law and Order SVU where it was cringeworthy, but he's come along and he's kept the job for twenty. Ice I'm talking about Ice Cube. You know what? Boy. My bad. Let, but on another note, Ice T has been great on SVU. Yeah, I just want to say kept the job for twenty years. Ice Cube, you are correct. Ice Cube is an exceptional actor to be a, a rapper. Yeah, to be a gangster, it's almost natural. Rapper man, which I ordered. And I'm, I guess I'm, it's problematic, right? Because I'm prejudging him. No. 2000. <laughs> you don't. You don't want it to be un, yeah, uh, like. What are you saying? Yeah, you don't want the, the SJWs coming after you, bro. Right. Not right. on this podcast. We say no, bro. no. This ain't that kind of show, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was it was a disappointment. Uh, honestly, the only person to me that was memorable, the only few people, Young Nala, Young Simba. And Scar, those were the me- most memorable three characters in the remake to me. Yeah, Chiwetel. Oh, and Timon and, Timo and Pumbaa. My bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. So you can't give them credit because anyway. But anyway, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Chiwetel, man, is just—he is he's the man, fantastic. bro. Like he's a really good. Like right now, acting, he's like one of the top three. And if you if you just make it, if you filter it down to just black, I mean, he's probably top two, man. Like right now, like in their prime in terms of acting. Him, I can't think of another. I take him a Hershey. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right now he's on another yeah. planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, no doubt. Him yeah. and my Hershey's probably no more, no doubt. Yeah, I forgot about him. I'm sorry. That is that's wrong. Yeah, and Chiwetel, but Chiwetel just—he's. I like him. He's just a good actor to me. He man. is. He is. He truly. And he's is. good at playing villains. Like he's really good at that. And that's why, like the scar thing, people had their own reactions. I mean, nobody's gonna sound like Jeremy Irons. And what what I like about it is he didn't approach Scar as to try and outdo Jeremy Irons because you can't do that. Jeremy Irons' version of Scar is conniving, really <laughs> snake like, sassy. Chip would tell Okafor's uh, or version was a badass. Yeah, he was he was sinister. He was pissed off. That's the biggest difference. That's the only time I kind of noticed a facial expression when Simba was like talking about how he was going to be king, and they, and Scar was like right behind him. And he kind of yeah. had this this look like, man, kind of I'm gonna kill this nigga. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's basically when I would kill this nigga, man. <laughs> but uh, man, you know, I yeah. really think, and I hate this, I hate to no, they really need to do a Lion King prequel, man. I, I gotta see this story. We talked about it so many times. Star and Mufasa, we gotta. I, see it would be a great film. I truly believe it would be a great film. By the way, before uh, I move on, one more thing I have to say: the movie looked fantastic, and there's oh. no way it's not going to win an Oscar. If I, this is a question that somebody said, and bear with me here, mm-hmm. because it's an animated movie. Do you put it in the special effects category? 
Because it's a hundred percent anime. Okay, yeah, and that would be the difference between Jungle Book and this one, right? Because Jungle Book actually had human beings in it. Exactly, but this is yeah. All that's anime. tough. That's so tough. does it go in the animated category? Which it wouldn't get nominated for that because it wasn't that great of an animated movie. Right. So it's not gonna get a, It's not gonna get a nom. It might just because just because. Yeah. But does it go in that special effects category? Considering it was basically an animated movie. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to yeah. answer. We'll see though. And, but I'm pretty sure it'll be controversial either way. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people care enough about Oscars to really make a fuss about it. But it's just something somebody else asked on on another show I was watching. I'm like, damn, that's a that's a good ass question. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Man, that is something to think about. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so a couple other movies that. Um, you and I both check out well one other movie I know you and I both check out was Spider-Man Far From Home I had it on my list did you have it on yours uh I did not I did not it was just okay yeah it's just bro you know I told you this and Leslie at the same time I I did not like not like what's the what's the word I'm looking for was it homecoming was just not that good for me it was okay It it was solid right but it's not even one of, I think if I ranked Spider-Man movies, Spider-Man 2 would be number, nah, Into the Spider-Verse number one, mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 would be number two, um, Spider-Man 1 might be number three, and I'm you know what, I might, even put, I might even put the first Amazing Spider-Man number four. Uh, I can see, that's where we, that's where we, where you fall off at. Spider-Man Bro, 2. I love, I love that movie. Spider-Man love 2 is number one, Into the Spider-Verse is 1A. Like they're okay. right next to each other for me. Right, right. Because, I, I, I can't argue. And I think into the Spider Verse as it ages and we get further away from it, the um, the the legacy of it is going to boost. I it's believe. so underrated though. It, it's like, criminally underrated. Talk about how great it is because it's animated. But man, that's and that tells me that Sony knows what the fuck they're doing, man. Like I know. Okay, let's talk about it because I talked about it in the past couple of episodes. I talked about. Spider-Man leaving and I, I just go ahead and just tell me what you think about Spider-Man not being a part of the MCU anymore so man you know okay what Disney was asking for to me was just too much like mm-hmm. they wanted I think 50% ownership or some shit like that yeah. and basically Sony would be giving up control of the character for the most part right and you, how do you sell that to your owners, like your uh, not owners, but to your uh, shareholders? Yeah, yeah. You can't. I mean, like that's your most profitable uh, property, man. So, and people are like, well, it made a billion dollars, but if you start splitting properties and money up, is it even a billion at that point? Even if I make a billion dollars, I'm giving you fifty percent or whatever. That it's not the same. I'd rather make a hundred percent of eight hundred thousand than fifty percent of a billion. Like, but then and again, that's a real rough estimate. So I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't like the Disney demands, right? Right. Number two, this and this is the biggest thing. Sony has made good Spider-Man movies. The best Spider-Man movies came from Sony. And not only can we say, well, they made them in early production, it's like in the earlier movies, they actually made it in the later movies. So when they made Into the Spider-Verse, to me that shows, okay, and I know it's animated, mm-hmm. but that tells me they can tell a good story with Spider-Man, right? That's what that tells me. That they still can write a good story about Spider-Man without Marvel. By the way, if Space to the Spider-Verse is live action, it'd be it'd make a billion dollars. I really oh, believe yeah. that. All day. All day. <laughs> so, you know, man, look, they're, they're going to be fine. 
uh, even the last two that that weren't that great before they joined uh, Disney, they made it money. I mean, they they weren't critically received that well, but they made okay. They made seven eight hundred thousand. I think yeah. on average, without Disney, they made seven hundred thousand without. So yeah, I mean, it's not like they were seven hundred million. I'm sorry, seven hundred, but seven hundred million without. So it'll be fine, man. And they'll tell good stories. And I think they learned some stuff from Marvel. Um, and we'll see how it goes, man. You know, and the, it, this is my last point. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you. I don't. I don't. I like the diversity of storytelling. And this is something I think me, you, and Leslie, or me and Leslie specifically argue about. Yes, everybody could just copy the Marvel formula. But then we'll get a whole bunch of Marvel formula gas movies. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I want DC to do something different. I want the Fox people that well, can't do Fox anymore. But I want Sony to do something different. I want everybody to do something different so I get a variety of movies. And I don't want fucking Disney owning everything because that's going to limit the amount of movies they put out every year. Because they only got so much, so big of a bandwidth to put out. Right. And then, then they start cannibalizing themselves so they won't put them out anyway. So, I, look, man, I'm good with it. Would I have rather them be in Disney? Absolutely, because I like Spider-Man in Marvel movies. Right. But at the end of the day, I like the Sony-made uh, movies better than I like the Disney-made movies. So it is what it is. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, my reservations weren't so much as... Um, as you know, if Sony can make a good movie or not, even though I'm kind of worried about what they're going to do as far as ma- expanding the universe, I don't want them to force that again. Oh, he's going to be in Venom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can bet your ass on that, but... Yeah, the, the most greatest thing is that the movie's done, by the way. The so. play, right. The place uh, where Amazing Spider-Man 2 fell off at was they were too focused on Amazing Spider-Man 3 and Sinister 6 to me. That was my issue with that movie. Same it, thing as Spider-Man 3, remember? Too right. many villains. Too you know many villains. If, if they could just just pull back and just focus on telling one good story at a time, that's right. fine. As far as those demands, I don't believe... I, I believe that Disney asked for 50%, but I don't believe they were married to that number. Because in negotiations, you're always told to go high. Just to see right. what you're going to get. I think they want it out. That's why they asked for it. Well, I think you know, I that's what the Russo brothers Russo. said. Yeah, yeah, they wanted out. They, yeah. they was tired of doing it. And so, <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, that's a hell of a way to do it. Yeah, and X Men about to come up, and you know they gonna have to integrate that yeah. that Fox shit in there one day. They gonna have to. My thing is, how do you continue with the Holland Spider Man and take out the? Tony Stark and Avenger part. I have no idea. That's that the is, problem. That's the problem, man. That that is a good question. Because he, they they intertwined the Avengers all through both of those, um, Homecoming and Far From Home. But, Are there no more movies left that he can be in? Like, is it done? Like, is it like? Oh uh, yeah, it's done, done. Yeah. Okay, so he don't have like one left, and then nah, oh, then nah, nah, it's over with. And Shit. Now, if, like, if, if it was, it was one left, if it was one left, you could get him, give him a send off that would set Sony up. But like, we're not gonna get that. Like, Far From Home and that hell of a cliffhanger that it had. That's mm-hmm. it. But they can do the cliffhanger. Fortunately, didn't have nothing to do with the, the MCU, right? So we're good. There. Yeah, it kind of did. Because the stereo worked for Tony Stark. Oh man, he's done. He never come back. Yeah, he's never coming back. But you got to bring it up. Like, let's say it's a news clipping. You got to say, well, former Tony Stark. Yeah, you kind of can. I, I guess you can. You know, find a way to wiggle it in. But a uh, pause. 
<laughs> but it, it's just, it's just, I gotta see it. I gotta see Bro, it. They gonna, they, they gonna do it, man. I mean, and then you just got the gotta, whole just, snap thing. Like the the reason why the children are so much younger than other kids that grew up with was a snap. Yep. I just say focus on neighborhood Spider Man. No more yes. world events. Just you know, get them a couple of villains in the town, have them stopping petty crimes and shit. And uh, the only thing is, man, like the scrolls, I thought they were going to use the scrolls as a way to. But you know what? Didn't Fox have. I think Fox can do scrolls too, though. Well, this is the thing. They can't even use the scrolls. Yes, I think they can. No, I they can't. They, no. They own. Fox, Fox and Marvel can jointly use the scrolls. Sony That's wasn't a part of it. Yeah, Sony wasn't part of it. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Like. Man, and I've set up and I'm like, okay, what story thread can they use? And then I'm like, oh shit, that's a part of Disney now. So how they gonna undo that secret identity shit? That's the thing. I guess that's what Venom is for, right? To help us figure out and navigate through that. I don't know, man. That's you know what? It's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah. But I got faith in Sony that they can make it. I just I don't like the thrashing of Sony because they made a couple. Of yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, you don't jump down on completely because Spider Man One and Spider Man Two and Into the Spider Verse. I mean, those are worth having Sony in their good graces just because of those films. And just people gotta pay homage, man. Like X Men to me, to me now. Mm-hmm. If there was never like that X Men One. You wouldn't have none of this shit. X-Men 1 was like the start of taking, to me, comic yeah. movies. Yeah. Then you had Blade. Well, Blade you is had, before that. Blade 2, I mean. Yeah, Blade 2, was, right. Yeah, Blade 2 was the one that was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then, you had Spy, then you had Spider-Man 1 come out. Like, those movies laid the foundation for everything you, everything we see today is because of those movies, man. So I'm not going to shit on them because, you know, whatever. I'm not going to because. Disney wasn't taking those chances back then. They did. You know, so I'm not going to shit on them, man. I'm going to give them all and pay homage, you know, because those people did the work. They made the mistakes. So we can see what we, And I know people can go back and say, well, actually, Batman came out first. That shit would not work today. None of that shit would work today. Like, none of that Batman. That's, that's a whole different discussion for a whole different day. Right, um, right. But, Even that Superman, and you see Superman as the hardest fucking shit to write. Hell yeah, because he's all powerful. It's just too, I, and I keep telling, like, I, I know people. Dude, I he, told he you, man. And he can't fight. Like, he just punches shit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the lad, that conversation we had, and I know they won't do it, but I'm telling you, man. And uh, the boys, which I gotta have you back so we can just break that shit down. Oh, I don't know the the, man, the that's boy, my favorite shit. Hell yeah. The boys, Homelander had what? Three powers. Super strength, flight, and I like give Superman those three powers and it opens up a whole bunch of stories that you can write for. And then when you have, but then here's the thing, man. This is the problem I think with Superman, right? Mm-hmm. And it's unique to him when he's like when he's virtuous and he's good. Why do you need everybody? You know, like, he like, makes he makes the Justice League it's in, in, in uh, consequential, right? Like, why do I need you if you can do everything? I, like, he can literally stay in the sky, use right. the eye beam, and just kill everything, and then go in and kill the bad guy who needs to go in and do some fisticuffs. Like, there's no, like, there's no. That's what I like about Thor and the Hulk, right? They're strong as shit, but they can get their ass. They can take it, take an L. 
Superman has way too many powers. I've always said that. He has Flash, way too many think powers. Think about Flash, What did you say about Flash? Okay, think, okay hold up. This, and I know I'm jumping all off. No, go ahead. I got to get this us. out because <laughs> another, another character that's like that, that Marvel, that, that Fox made, was Quicksilver in the X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. If he can do all that, why do you need what is the X-Men? purpose of the rest of them? But here's the thing. At least you can think of maybe two X-Men that can stop him. Well, no, several of them. And that's the thing I like about X-Men. No matter how powerful one mutant is, there's another mutant that can directly conflict with their power. I don't know. You give me that Magneto helmet. That's bullshit. But no, I think a telepath, because the way I understand <laughs> Xavier's powers, it's radial. Like, it's not like you can outrun him getting into your head. That's true. Which is another okay that we getting off of. Let's go back to go back to your Superman take. Oh, but as far as Superman is concerned, he's faster than Flash. Oh well, no, hold on, hold on. Before I have the ire of the yeah, geek community, you got the <laughs> he's not faster than Flash. But on the surface level, he can go about as fast as Flash needs to to save everybody. Right? Right. He's super smart. Which negates Batman because yeah, Batman kind of thinks of things from a human standpoint, but he's super smart at the same time. So Superman could still figure things out. Well, can I time you out right there? I gotta ask you a question. Go ahead. Why do they not portray him as smart as he should be? Because his brain should work as powerful as his fucking muscles and other things. Because, right? His brain is just a muscle. Because you <laughs> negate everybody in the movie by doing it. I think you gotta just you gotta stop making them. Even in, even them. in in Superman comics when he's dealing and they retcon this in DC when he and Batman are dealing with each other he they written Spider Superman in a way to where he concedes his intelligence to Batman. Oh okay. Yeah, but it shouldn't be that way. Like because he never should have been that smart to begin with. Who Batman? Superman. Oh, Superman, Superman right. never should have right, been that smart to, to no. begin with. I mean, you get to Diana, Wonder Woman. Yeah, she can kick everybody's ass, and she's a better fighter than Superman. But, but she can fight. Yes. So it's, it's, it's nice to watch, because, you know, hand-to-hand combat is dope. Exactly. But he, just, he don't punch. He, he just flies to things and, and punch. And, and you, you paint yourself into a corner when dealing with Superman. Even, hell, people say what they want about Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is a more interesting character who might Uh-oh. also, Uh-oh. who owns, and I'm talking about on film, who might also be overpowered than Superman. Yeah. They got her super OP, which is okay, but I know a lot of people get triggered by that or whatever. Hell but. yeah. Hell yeah, and they don't want to admit why they're triggered by it, but we're not going to get into that. Not on this episode. No, not, not this episode. Not <laughs> uh, this. A couple other movies. Um, you just told me recently you watched Parabellum. John Wick 3. Oh, oh my God. I concede, okay. I concede to you, my friend. Go ahead. Dude, so you know me, man. I told you, and you were surprised when I said this. I said, I John was. Wick, if you go back to the original podcast, John Wick was one of my most anticipated movies because John Wick was uh, first of all I watched John Wick 1 just because I was bored one day mm-hmm. and it was so fucking awesome dude. <laughs> it was just dude, it was just like okay I know it's a little bit ridiculous or whatever like but it's entertaining it you know what I'm saying? like yeah it's just they, they they lean into the ridiculousness 
And it was like Keanu, Keanu Reeves is perfect for that role. And then I was like, okay, boom, I got to see part two. And then they keep up, upping it and making it better every single time. Like, he started off as being this mythical guy who could just beat the shit out of anybody. Yep, yep. But then he just kept, like, they kept adding people that could stand. Like, he didn't just go through just killing people. That's what I like about like, he, he, he actually had some resistance as he went along. and they But they still kept him badass, though. But let me tell you this. Part three, best movie of the year for me. Incredible. Best movie. <laughs> like, I like, I was more entertained in John Wick 3 than I was in Endgame. So, and I know that's crazy to say, but it's true. So before I hit the record button, I told you I was going to bring up Endgame at some point on here. Okay. For me, Endgame ruined movies for 2019. Yeah, man. Until I got to John Wick 3, and I got almost that same level of excitement when watching John Wick 3 because of the beauty of the fight choreography in that movie. Yes. It's per- and it looks real. That's the thing that gets me about it. It's crazy as it looks. It looks real. Him chopping that that what seven foot dude down with a book. Oh my god! Incredible. And Holly Berry. Yes. Badass. Oh. And the dogs that kept biting people's nuts, but Every- it wasn't even, but it wasn't like slapstick or nothing. Yeah. It was like bad. And like you could tell she painful. trained to do that. <laughs> It looked painful, man. And, and it was crazy because every time she was down, her dogs would come out of nowhere. And it's like, just when you think, you know, you kind of stop thinking about them, they yeah. come back and make a big impact. How about fight. when that motherfucker ran up that wall? Cold as fuck. Oh my God, man. That shit was so. That bro. movie, man. That movie was awesome. And it's for me, Endgame is still number one, but it's not by a whole lot because well, it's a better movie, right? But he, but which one? Like which one's more rewatchable? The three hours? I'm going. With, I'm going with Parabellum all day. I'm telling it's you, man. Definitely rewatchable. He took down a whole fucking army, <laughs> and I know people like people listen to this right that has never seen it, and they're like, "That's so fucking stupid." The but third it don't, act. It's stupid when you see it though. It's the so third stupid. dude. The third act of that movie is incredible. Like and the, the engine was so funny. Yes. Like the, but he was badass. Like. And he was a fan. He was a fan of John Wick, man. Like, right. It, it was, it's just cool, man. That whole universe, the Assassin's universe is excellent. I kind of didn't like how it ended, though. That cliffhanger? I like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it, but I just, yeah. I, ain't, I didn't like that. I didn't like the way they did that. You know, it's, it was kind of weak to me. You know, they could have did a better job. But whatever, it gives me a part four, so I'm all good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with it now. When does this end? I don't know, but I think I think they got another movie before it runs this course. Because I think that, I think they should have stopped it right there, man. Yeah, the third one kind of injects injected a little bit of new life in it to me. Oh, I mean I just I can't where do you go for, I guess you that's good. They got somewhere to go. Yeah, because it's the high table now. It's it's yeah. that war with the high table and, and then, you know, we'll see where it goes but um, yeah in even movies after John Wick 3 I'm still like like Lion King I was like eh, whatever yeah. but you know a movie that we said wasn't going to be good and ended up being really good go for it Aladdin Aladdin yeah I hadn't seen it yet yeah please hadn't seen it I've please heard check it out I heard Will Smith is in rare form yeah I heard he's good. he reminds you of why he's a a, uh, a blockbuster guy and you know I hate Will Smith. Yeah, I know. I know. Man, you know, look, I respect him as an icon. I respect him as a role model. I mean, he's just a good dude. <laughs> I mean, he is, man. Like, he paved way. I mean, like, you can't hate on him. Like, 
he to, if I go back and say biggest black icons, you know, in the last 20, 30 years, he's probably number one. Yeah. I mean, I was like, who's, who's bigger? And I ain't talking about the best actor, just who is that guy that's that icon? And Jay-Z's chasing him. And we could have another conversation for another day, but yeah. I just don't like his fucking movies, dude. <laughs> now when he's now when he's the swagged out, kicking ass and taking names, Will Smith, I'm all about that. Oh, yeah. But when he trying to dramatic acting, winning the Oscar type Will Smith, I ain't with that at all. Yeah. Action star Will Smith is always preferable than Oscar Will Smith to me. Right, Except like, for Ali. Ali was really He was good. on watch. Really? Oh man, I think that we have to. We gotta have an episode dedicated to Will Smith. Man, you know, just about him. Black, black iconic actors in general, because to me, uh, the, the 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 top two for me, Denzel and Will. Like nobody, in terms of being black iconic actors, so like I, it's thing. Well, and know, I know you could say Sydney Poitier, but no, I was gonna say Samuel. Nah, but yeah, that's why I was just about to say nah, because I mean he's had that that. He's had two Oscar worthy roles. Stephen, you can see him in like a hand to hand combat movie though. Uh, no, but he was he was great at Hitman's Bodyguard. I need to watch that. I, you I, I, do. I watch it last night I was like, because I'm really into movies like that. Like that's why I love Captain America. It's like, a I good action movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a hard really to find good action movie. shit like that, man. Yeah. It really is. It that's is. why I love the Punisher and shit. Like I hate they counsel that shit, man. The Punisher and Daredevil. Daredevil, man, that last season Daredevil was insane. That's why I told you when we were talking about the best fights in the MCU, if we expanded to Daredevil, it's going to be hard for some of those MCU fights to get in there. That stairwell movie that was kind of like that other movie, it's it's this famous movie that everybody likes, The Guardian. I got to look it up. But that stairwell movie where he's going down or up the stairs or whatever on that first Daredevil uh, scene. Yeah, man, dude. It's like takes the gun. <laughs> no, the one uh the, one of my favorite fights was the triple threat in the finale of the third season with Kingpin, Bullseye, and him. Oh man, that was insane. And the way the different fighting styles played off of each other was awesome. They did a good job making that dude a uh, Michael D'Anfran, whatever his name is, yeah. C, uh, Law and Order CI, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was uh dude, I never would thought that he would be like a fighter. And he looked good. Yeah, he was he was really good as King yeah. I thought his career probably wouldn't have been that great after Law and Order, but because he was so weird in Law and Order, man. I don't yeah, know if you watched was. that one. He was uh, weird in uh yeah, he did his criminal intent. Yeah, and, criminal uh, intent. Like, oh man, it's just weird, dude. He uh he was he was straight in there, but like his first season uh, on Daredevil, he was weird to me. But yeah. I couldn't stop watching. Yeah, I, it, the the thing about it, man. The only thing about hate about Netflix sometimes it's just a slow burn. It is. You know what I'm saying? And I, Jessica Jones is unwatchable. It's unwatchable. <laughs> but the, and that's the thing that helps Daredevil. Uh, the thing that helps Daredevil is the fight. Uh, is the fight scenes. Yep. The fight yep. scenes carry that show a long way. And like season one is a slow burn, even though I really liked it. Season two, they the, what the smart thing they did in season two was they split. The season opened in several story arcs. The first four episodes was the Punisher. The middle part was Elektra. And then toward the end, the hand came in with the ninjas and stuff. Oh, my that, God. That, that took it insane. along. Right. They took it a long way, especially when it turns to a horror show halfway through when the hand comes. Yeah. Yeah. But the third season was just, it was superb to me from Man. the beginning to the end. You know what, though? My favorite season 
What's of that? all the Netflix shows is mm-hmm. Punisher season one. I love that shit, dude. My, I love that shit, man. Truth be told, behind Daredevil season three, Luke Cage season two really man, was good. Man, get to the me. fuck out no, of here. Hold on, here's why. Get the fuck here's out why. Here. It's not because of Luke Cage. Bushmaster. It was Bushmaster, man. He, that villain was really good in that second season. To the point I where I, to the point where I wished he was in Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil show. Man. He's that good of a villain. I don't know. Hey, but I do I do have I wanna I guess give you some condolences, right? Because you were so fucking excited uh, about go. Godzilla King of <laughs> And it was so fucking awful. Dude. Like the, the I'm gonna tell you. Was oh, good. Okay, so you seen it? Yeah. All right, dude. It, like you were just about to say, think about all the fight scenes in that movie, man. It's at least one top ten fight scene for the entire year of 2019 in there. At least one. The rest of that movie, the human beings were god awful in that movie, man. Man, I just why did they keep talking about the? Nobody cared. Nobody cared <laughs> about this shit. Nobody comes to see an existential story or study on like marriage and divorce. We don't give a fuck. But we want to see monsters killing each other. Here's the thing: King Kong, Skull Island gave you the blueprint on how to use the humans in a right. movie about your monsters. Just I don't, let I can't the, see that showdown, by the way. Right, Jurassic Jurassic World also did it. Like, yeah, they had some human dumb shit in Jurassic World, but it was mainly about being Dominus Rex running wild on the island. See, the thing is, it's hard to give those movies heart without having like humans that they, that you can relate to. But what they understand, understand is we don't come to those movies to see or get that kind of heart. We come to see animals killing each other. Like big ass monster animals killing, like animals. I say animals, but big monsters killing each other. I will tell you this though: when he went down to, I guess, charge Godzilla back up with the yeah. arm. I, I need. I want to know more about that. That world up under there. Yeah, it, 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 they set up a whole lot of stuff that makes you wonder. Okay, what's up with that? Godzilla's yeah. re- relationship with Mothra. I wondered about you know how that went. Like just just the hierarchy. Of the the monsters, right? Like, why were they down there? And like, why is this just? It was like this shrine built to. Like, did you see that? Like, yeah, it was it, it was like, it was built just... for him. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I liked was um, when King Ghidorah gets out of the ice. That scene was awesome. Yeah. And the way the heads come, the tails come up first out of that hole, and then his head, one head comes up, then the second one, and then the middle one finally rises. It's like the way they portrayed King Ghidorah in that movie was exceptional to me. And he won the fight. Hell yeah, he won the fight. I mean, let's be 100. Like, I mean. They had to cheat, man. Let's talk about it. what it is. They had to cheat, because King Ghidorah, and the way they played him up is how he was in those old movies. Like, oh, was he badass like that? Yeah, yeah. Like that. He was badass, but then when the heat got a little bit too much, he'd fly off. Like that initial conflict between he and Godzilla, he's like, yeah. oh, no, nah, man, I'll catch, catch you later. Like, we, we'll settle this another time. And then, like, the um, the second fight I really liked, when uh, the storm was around him and Godzilla came out of the water and he kind of had the up on him and then they dropped their nuke on him. I like that fight in the movie. So as far as so much. As far as the monsters are concerned, they did perfect. Yeah, it was the, just a poorly constructed movie. It, they did get it, they did do something better. Because the first thing I went in the movies to see the first 
mm-hmm. and we only saw guys go away. 15 the minutes. End, yeah, that, yeah, so they did a better job of that, but too much human shit, dude. Yeah. And the human shit was just not good. Yeah, like Jurassic it? Park 1, right? They mm-hmm. had human shit, but it was interesting and fun, and we liked it. They, they had, had incredible was, characters, but for one thing, they had Jeff Goldblum. Right. And you put Jeff in anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a universal guy. So, and I, and, I, and I thought about it, man, when I was when I was looking at it. I thought about you the whole fucking time. I'm like, <laughs> damn. You knew I'm I was like, pissed. I was like, man, this dude's going to be pissed. Because, dude, if you go back and listen to that pot, you were so fucking excited. I was. I, was. I mean, like, like a kid in the kitchen. Like, yes, I can't wait to fuck all yeah. this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, the Joker is on his way. Yes. Yeah. The Joker is on his hey, way. And that wasn't in my top five. But after I heard the uh, the buzz, and, and Joaquin, are we surprised that he might be looking at another Oscar here? No, I'm not surprised. I mean, he's a good, great fucking actor, dude. I mean, yeah. he's that guy. I mean, he's weird and quirky. and you know. I like how the trailers aren't giving us anything. They're not giving us anything. Yeah. But, you know... I'm trying to understand the Twitter reaction. I really am. And I know this ain't the show for that. But no, I actually talked about it a couple episodes ago, so go ahead. I don't... Dude, I really... You know me, man. I really try to see things on both ends, right? When it's mm-hmm. reasonable. Now, I'm not going to ever try to see a racist point of view, no shit like that. But mm-hmm. when it's reasonable shit, I try to see multiple points of view. But I don't understand how you can take a two-minute trailer and decide that this movie is about the degradation of black women and the uplifting of incels. Mm-hmm. When it's clear, it's clear that this dude's going to be a psychopath and a bad guy. Like, they're telling you, I think that the part that people don't like is they're saying they're putting in this, they're putting a story together that makes us empathize with sociopaths. And we're not. We're just trying to give you, I guess they're trying to give us insight into why people think like they think. Or if a sociopath is pushed a certain way, these are some of the things that could happen. Not saying it's the right or wrong thing. It's just a thing. It's a reality, you know. Here's but what I, don't I think they're going to do. And I said it on a couple episodes ago. I don't think they're going to justify him going nuts. I think it's going to be a Breaking Bad situation where it was always in him. And you get a step-by-step account of when he finally snaps. Not right. what makes him finally snap, just when. Hmm. That's what I think it's going to be. I think people didn't like the fact that he was on the bus and <laughs> he was playing with the kid and the black mom said, you know, stop playing with my kid. I guess it it, it paints a negative stereotype that black women are angry and sassy, right? Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's what they were going for. I mean... That's what any mom would do. Some strange niggas, right? Yeah. Playing with kid, like any, my mom would do. Anybody would fucking do that. That's yeah. not. That's just is what it is. I'm fucking playing with my kid, dude. Who the fuck are you? And like I'm like that now. The, the probation officer, and I'm like that didn't look. That didn't play off like the probation officer was being the ass. She was just telling them, "Look, you need to get your shit together," which is bro, true. Like, bro, um, just weird people like this guy. He's he doesn't have any sons, right? Stays across the street, and. He just randomly comes over and says, hey, does AJ want to come outside and throw the football? No, no nigga. No, hell no. What the fuck? Well, who the fuck, nigga? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but does that yeah, mean you're going to push him to be the joker? Hell no. <laughs> get out. Get the fuck out of my yard. Sorry, man. Throw <laughs> <laughs> the football. That's <laughs> all that means, man. Uh, were there any other movies that you got to check out? Just anything, man. Hey, dog, I'm waiting on one more, man. What's it? I mean, two oh, outside the joker. I know what it is. Go ahead. 
Star Wars, man. Yeah. I gotta see it. I'm ready to see it. It's it's time to figure out. Cause I'm telling you, man, I posted that that that, uh, that meme in that group right about Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we we are on the verge of Anakin receiving the biggest ill of all time. Cause if Palpatine is still alive, that even the shit that he was supposed to do, he didn't do. <laughs> bring bring balance to the force. Right. Like the whole point, <laughs> the whole thing of his redemption was killing Palpatine. It was. He didn't tell me he didn't fucking do that. And I remember, oh. I remember when someone finally revealed that man. Like uh, I was talking to a big Star Wars fan, black when I was watching the uh, when I was working at Blockbuster. Shout out to Blockbuster, by the way. R.I.P. Anyway, we were working together, and he was like, "You know what trips me out about fans is that they don't understand the prophecy. It never was that he was going to eliminate the dark side. He said the Jedi always had that wrong. They were cocky." Which is, I completely agree with. The Jedi, when they saw Anakin, they were like, oh, shit, we won. And right. they got cocky, and they rested on their laurels. They, they didn't were pay attention. He they, it said he would bring balance to the Force. It never said that he was going to destroy the dark side. And right. that's what he did. He tipped the scales. The Jedi had ruled for however many years. When he tipped the scales in the dark side favor, then they ruled it for uh, however many years. And then at the end, like you uh, alluded to, he was supposed to defeat Sidious, and then there the balance lies. Right. Both sides but are even. You didn't fucking even know it. Yeah. From the looks <laughs> like, of it. I mean, like, if Palpatine comes back he, and never die out of something. He literally didn't do the one, I guess, the couple, the thing he was supposed to do that redeemed him. So, I mean, like, I don't know, man. He's like, okay, my only, number one, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. like most people. I'm just a guy who likes the Skywalkers in the original trilogy, Same right? Thing. You know, I just like to see the stories that weave out from those things, that, whether it's the prequels or whatever. All right? And one of the things I was interested in is was how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And I really, truly believe they fucked that up. Because the way, <laughs> the way they portrayed him was like a bitch. Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, he was a whiny bitch. Well, like, know, it wasn't, like it, was an ideology. It wasn't like it was an ideology difference. Yeah. Uh, he, thought, he thought that his wife was going to die because of bad dreams. It was right? an assumption, yeah. Right. And, and so he did what he had to do. And then when he turned, the dude said... If we work together, we might be able to figure it out. Wait, what? Nigga? I thought you knew what to do. I you what to do. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's so easy. Like, George Lucas really got his own way with that one. I'm like, dude, you could have did that. It's the same thing with Batman v Superman, right? All that potential. You got the potential to show how, you know, you got the you got potential in the movie, and you fuck it up with bad writing and arrogance, Right. And because you rely on the popularity of the character, and you really can't ever do that. You can't like just Batman versus Superman. You can't rely on the, pop- the popularity of Batman and Superman to carry your movie. You got to actually put a script together. And it Except- really pisses me off when you consider that you've seen cartoons do the same thing better. So much better. That's the problem. It's all about ideology, man. Like th- that's why good people turn bad. Yep. Because they don't even think they're bad. They nobody's. E- I ain't gonna say nobody. Most people aren't evil just for the sake of being evil. They don't even know that some people are evil because they think they're doing good. And yes, you gotta be I love the delusional bad guy. I love it. Right. And just and you got to tell that story. Palpatine didn't think he was evil. Yeah. Even though it's called the dark side, but which is you know, but 
he didn't think what he was doing was bad. He thought he was bringing you know peace. Which, man, I mean, it's an argument that can be made. I've always said, man, if you really wanted to to give Vader a reason to turn to the dark side, all you had to do was apply the rule of two. That's it. Have Maul be the big bad. He would have been the proxy for Palpatine. People still don't know Palpatine is really pulling the strings. They would have thought Maul was the one that was doing it. Right. Had that big twist where it's revealed that it's not Maul. Maul should have killed Qui-Gon Jinn and got away on episode one. I've always said that. In episode two, having about Anakin wanting to prove to his master that, hey, I can take this guy, have a big showdown, have Anakin take a L, he cut Anakin's hand off. I don't know, you you can do whatever you want with Dooku. I don't I yeah. don't really care. And then Dooku was up 103, by the way. He was old and powerful. Yeah, yeah. And then, then and then that goes away. Episode three, the basically the rage takes over, and all of a sudden Darth Maul, Anakin is obsessed with killing Darth Maul. That's what the three should be, and then have Sidious be, well, shit, here we are. You already halfway to the dark side anyway. You kill him, and I'll show you what to do. And Man, that's it. That's I, it. I, I, I love that. I love that. But I see just a slight... See, this is my whole thing, man. By the way, what you're saying is 100%. I'm good with that. The, the, the way I saw it, though, was just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And the same thing I see with Batman vs. Superman. It's, it's basically, man, on how you deal with crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the Jedi... I think didn't believe in really just like killing motherfuckers and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like to solve a problem, even though they killed a bunch of people. Um, and the Sith maybe had felt like the only way that you can really bring order is to eliminate a threat. You see what I'm saying? Right. And you can have those two opposing views and then have people clash, just like you can do Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Superman may say, that's not the way you supposed to handle business. And then Batman says, no, you handle, that's not the way you're supposed to handle business. You have them butthead, buttheads, and buttheads until they see kind of both of them had it maybe wrong, and there's a there's a way in the middle to meet, and then that's how they resolve it. But if you just have like, if there's no motivation, it's like, oh, I just want to turn to the dark side because I want to save my wife. You never really believed in the dark side. You're just doing something to just, I you know, to solve a small problem. Mm-hmm. So he really was never even like he never really believed in it. Right. He just wanted to do it to save his wife who died anyway. So even when his wife died, why did he continue to be on the dark side? What was the purpose? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just they painted themselves on, into a wall, man. Right. They painted was. themselves the into a corner. Of, the whole purpose of him being on the dark side was because he wanted to save his wife. Okay. Wife died. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it comes down to. That should have been fuck? the end of it. <laughs> Man, I saw one movie this year. I, I can't even remember when it came out. I want to say it came out like in January or something like that, but it may have been late 2018 or something like that. But I was on Stars, on the Stars app, just scrolling through, and they had a movie on there that I hadn't seen yet, and it, it, a part of a franchise I'm a huge fan of, and I hate to play, but the movie I'm talking about is uh, the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie. And I watched it, and I know you have some knowledge of Dragon Ball Z. I don't know how into Dragon Ball you were. But Aaron, just by you having some knowledge of it, of Goku and Vegeta and all those guys, and you liking action, 
That is the one of the best action movies I've seen in a while, just as far as animated. That movie is so underrated, man. Dude, it's that, in the story. It's the actual like like the Dragon Ball Z's never had an actual story. They never. Fucking, they actually put a story together. They actually, it used to be just dumb shit, right? You just right. go to it to see like what they how they gonna fight. It, yep, that's it. But now I'm like, oh, they got like a backstory. They got a okay, and Vegeta when. Completely signed because you you to get like he's the most worthless. Oh my god, man! Like he's just he, he has the best character development. People talk about Krillin like Vegeta ain't Krillin. <laughs> he just is more powerful Krillin. I, I mean, he gets stuff Krillin, but, but that's it's, about a, it. it's the frustration of the fans. Like people who like Vegeta is like, damn, he never gets that big W until the the uh, tournament of power in the last anime. He has a huge yeah. win on that one. Yeah. Oh, he one. beat the the dude, he, and he still didn't be like the main guy. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Goku still had the fucking like Goku, and I and again, I know it's just writing. But man, they gotta do Vegeta better, man. And they again, do. I think he's a sucker. I mean, they got him <laughs> like a bitch, though. Like I'm just being honest. Like I mean, he talk all that shit. He do all that training, and in the end, he get his ass whooped. But the fight with him and Broly was great. Like oh, that, yeah. that being the fight that kicks off the action half of the movie. That was a hell of a way to kick it off. Like when he not rolling all those mountains, man. Oh, bro. It, it, only, only to have Goku go toe to toe with him without even knowing. Yeah, yeah. And then the thing about it, man, I, and I like the one thing I like about the character, even though Goku is a dumbass, Goku has some good character moments. And one of them was when he was restraining Broly and he was yep. talking to him and he was like, This isn't you. You're not this kind of person. You just been raised to be this person. I like this scene. I like the ending when he tells him his name. Thank you. I thought the, that was really cool. They finally did Goku right because I'm telling you. Yeah. And, and Super, they had him borderline, like, mentally. <laughs> hey, don't challenged. say it. No. I know, I can't say it. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find the word. But, dude, I'm like, how does he even function? Like, he didn't even, like, they had one he episode. He was the reason they had the tournament of power. Dude, no, no, listen. They had him so dumb that he didn't even know that you had to kiss to make babies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember, remember that. Yeah. And it's like, have you ever, like, how did you? But she was like, "How did you get your wife pregnant? We didn't do that." She was like, what? <laughs> right, like what? Oh my god! Like they had him stupid, and I'm like, "Man, this." And I know he's always been kind of ditzy or whatever, but they had him straight up just stupid. And then they did a good job of kind of giving the the culture of the Saiyans, which we yep. really didn't get a lot of. Like you were just told about it, but showing it is different. They gave him a lot more. Yeah, uh, just human. Humanity, yeah, because they used to be just like brute savages. Not saying they still weren't, but they, you know, the parents looked so much different. You know, they didn't come across as these just two people that didn't care about their kid, right? You know what I'm saying? And whatever happens, happens. Now they they cared and they wanted to save him. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like that was a good piece too. I would love to see more of that. Like, let's yeah. see some backstory on like, and they and Frieza's likable now. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yes. he's kind of likable. So the Tournament of Power does a lot for Frieza. It does. It, it makes it does. him so much more likable. Even though, I mean, you, he's the guy you love to hate. Yeah, but what, what, where do they go with him, though? Like, what does he do? But they just let him I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have another saga, but I know Dragon Ball Super is set to return, and I think I think Broly is going to end up on the show, and Freeze is going to end up back on the show, too, probably at the same time. Well, if they got Broly, they don't need nobody. Okay? He was strong in them. Combined, I'm almost so. Broly was awesome, man. I mean, he was insane. It took them fusing, which means he's the strongest thing. 
It, oh yeah, I mean, period. It's not yeah. Gogeta. It's not Gogeta. It took two Super Saiyan gods to fuse right. together to beat him in that and, final fight. Oh, my man, God. Oh, and when uh when we had that look like, well, we about to hit the finale. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, that I loved it. And then I like when they went into the different dimension. Like they were so powerful, yeah. they cracked space and time and they fought yes. and then they knocked each other back to reality. But at the end when Wiz was like, Well, that's it. <laughs> and we about to hit the grand finale. That was gonna be the greatest coming mail of all time if he had connected, bro. He couldn't you see, he still couldn't hit Weez though. Yeah, he couldn't. Okay, nobody fucks Louise, bro. Nobody. Nobody. He the man. He the man. But uh, dog, it's been a pleasure having you on here, man. Hey, thank you, man. Every time you get me on here, bro, I love it. It's good stuff. I thank you. Yeah, man. Tell us uh, again, man. What are you? Even though I said it at the beginning, go ahead and tell us where we can catch you, bro. Hey, man. Just go to SoundCloud. Uh, look up off topic. Subscribe. Watch our show. What? Listen to our shows on there. And you can catch us on our page on Black Excellence and Ignorance, where we, you know, just have a little fun, post a little excellence and post a little ignorance. Importantly, uh, <laughs> we have a lot of fun. So, right, on yeah. Facebook, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, to my listeners, keep it locked here. I'll be right back after this message. Peace. Hey, guys. It's Sergio from Reality Breached. We've got a bunch of different podcasts over on our network at realitybreached.com, and one of my favorites is Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Shellheads is a deep dive into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in ways you've never heard before. From the early comic days to the current Nick show, nothing is off limits. Jeff from the Warp Zone Arcade joins me to binge watch and power read through a comprehensive library of TMNT fandom. Check Shellheads out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For more details, visit realitybreached.com. Thank you for listening to The Unapologetic Experience. Uh, Before I get out of here, I just got one thing uh, that I found out about that I just wanted to discuss real quick. Uh, Apparently, Issa Rae is going to uh, co-produce the reboot or reimagining as they're calling it of set it off and that's one thing that like those little fun memes where they're saying okay who would you have for the new set it off movie and that's been circulating around on black twitter for years maybe even a decade at this point and everybody has their different answers but i don't think we ever thought about it uh becoming a a real thing, a real movie that could happen. I talked to my wife not that long ago, and I said, you know what, Set It Off probably would be a pretty good show. You could stretch out that story, um, just a story about, you know, some black women fighting to survive and pulling off heists and shit. That shit would be dope. And it's kind of like uh, Animal Kingdom on TNT. They already do something like that. Just make it like that. But anyway, I'm not entirely sure this movie should be made. And although Issa is just down as a producer, I can see her actually picking up the pen and trying to write that. Uh, She's good with writing comedy. I'm interested to see how she would do writing like a thriller or or a heist movie or something like that. One thing is for sure, it can't be comedic in tone. 
it has to maintain that same tone uh, because at that point it's just another movie. It'll just be if it's comedic, um, if it's comedic in tone, it'll just be girls trip with Robin Banks. Nobody wants to see that shit. Like set it off should not be a funny movie. Uh, the person I'm most interest, interested to see as far as um, casting is definitely Cleo, right? And I'm pretty sure everybody will be on board with that uh, as far as who are they going to cast, you know, to be Cleo. Uh, but I don't know. I was kind of unmoved by it. I, I see some people worried about it. Some people are complaining about too many remakes and things like that. And that's um, that's fair. But I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess I'll form an opinion when I see the casting and maybe I'll revisit this. But as of right now, I'm a little bit unmoved by it. Uh, before I get out of here, though, uh, just a couple of shout outs. Shout out to Bradmore Realty. That's B-R-A-D-M-O-O-R Realty. Uh, you can check them out on BradmoreRealty.com. Uh, they have some great homes, excellent homes, um, especially when you're starting out. They're good about helping out people who are just, you know, in the market to get a new home and help them find a, the perfect home in the Jackson Metro area for them. So, check out BradmoreRealty.com. Of course, on Facebook, check out uh, Black Excellence and Ignorance. You just heard AD on there. Um, our podcast, Off Topic, is available on SoundCloud. Uh, you just search Black Excellence and Ignorance and bring it up. Check out our episodes. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Also on Facebook, check out Black With No Chaser. Uh, CJ, Leslie, T, I mean, everybody's just doing such a great job. Uh, TK, who I co-host the Culture Sports uh, with and is a product of Black With No Chaser. Or, I guess, uh, I say a collaboration between Black With No Chaser and the Unapologetic Geek. Gotta make sure I plug myself, too. Uh, But, check out what they have. I mean, Black In The Day, uh, a series by TK is excellent. Every day, you see a great historical column about um, you know something that happened on that particular day or, or a particular person that's associated with that day so Black in the Day is superb make sure you check that out check the page out uh, my resident DJ shout out to DJ Lil Walt check out his mixes on soundcloud.com and just search DJ Lil Walt the maestro of my madness Dunche did it. Go on SoundCloud, search Dunche did it. Check out his beats. Dude is a master. Truly phenomenal. And last but not least, follow The Unapologetic Geek on Facebook at The Unapologetic Geek and a new Instagram handle. You ready for this? Go and follow The Unapologetic Experience on Instagram. It's at The Unapologetic XP. On Instagram, check that out. Promise again, you will not be disappointed. You don't know if I'm gonna be posting some kind of crazy anime cartoon or something like that. Or shit, I could be dropping a, a video, dropping facts or something like that, man. You just gotta see. You never know. Anyway, until next time, I'm your host, Jarius the Unapologetic Geek. You have been listening to The Unapologetic Experience, and I am out.